today on Real Radio. Angels are not created in the image of God. Did you know that? There's only one creation out of everything that's created in the image of God, and that is a human being. That's why we fight for life. That's why we fight for faith. That's why we fight for freedom. That's why we fight for family. That's why, by the way, all life is precious in the sight of God. Welcome to Real Radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I'm David J. thanking you for joining us today as we listen, learn, and are challenged by God's Word, the Bible. On today's edition of Real Radio, Pastor Jack, in a message called The Greatest Teaching on Bible Prophecy Ever, Part 3, continues now in a series called Anchored, a study in 1 Peter. The Apostle Peter was one of the disciples of Jesus who later became the leader of the early church. His story is ancient, but really no different than what's happening today. We are still in need of a Savior, and Christ followers still need Peter's heartfelt words of compassion and encouragement. Now, Peter offers hope that won't disappoint those who are living out their faith, even though pain and sorrow does exist. God doesn't waste suffering, but offers a secure inheritance in heaven through his Son, Jesus Christ. Peter also reminds us that this world is not our home, and we can have joy knowing that the trials we endure will only last but for a little while. So today, on day three of this message, Pastor Jack goes on to say that salvation is open to all. To reject it is to reject the greatest sacrifice that ever happened on earth. Jesus, God's only Son, gave His life to save ours. Even the angels are in awe of the gospel message and how Jesus Christ is God revealed in human skin. And now in his message called The Greatest Teaching on Bible Prophecy Ever, Part 3, here's pastor and Bible teacher Jack Hibbs. But you harden your heart to God's Word and you keep pushing him away. And then listen, you not only get cold and silent against the burn of sin, you begin to justify it. That's when someone's deep into it, when they justify their position. I'm this way because, or it's the reason why. Have you ever heard that before? Self-justification. Be careful. Watch out. No, salvation is of God. He provides it. The Holy Spirit remarkable. The Holy Spirit, when you begin to look at the doctrine of the Holy Spirit as a person, Jesus Christ is enthroned in heaven above, but the word of God goes out through all the earth, and we're doing it right now together, you and I. And the Holy Spirit takes God's word from you reading it, a message like this, a billboard, tracks, And he picks it up and he drives it into the ears and in the eyes of the reader, of the hearer. And he goes to work. Church, you and I are involved in a holy, awesome, lofty work together. I've got the big mouth shooting off the noise, but you make it happen. We're in this together. You know me, I'm I'm a Bible teacher, I'm not an evangelist, but you are together. This is what happens. This is how we reach the world. This is how we reach down the street. This is how we reach the pharmacist. By Holy Spirit. Dwight L. Moody said, it is our privilege to know that we are saved. What a statement. It is our privilege to know that we are saved. God provides salvation. 
God wants you to know that you're saved. Dr. David Jeremiah, don't you love him? You know what, I love that guy. I'm, I almost passed out recently for joy. He's a, you know what I'm talking about? Dr. David Jeremiah, shut him out in church in my hometown, San Diego. Oh, oh my goodness. I love that guy. If I wasn't going to church here, I'd be going to church there. I'm busy on Sundays, but if I wasn't, I'd be going there. And uh, his office called and said, Pastor Jack, Dr. David Jeremiah is going to be out of town. Will you come and teach on a Sunday morning? Well, he does a Saturday night and a Sunday morning, and I had to say no. And I feel like I sinned. <laughs> but I love that guy. I love his teaching. You want safe, solid teaching? Turn on the, your TV or go online to Dr. David Jeremiah. And I'm, this is... This is I'm not being paid for this advertisement. <laughs> I love him. I love Charles Stanley. Men of God who hold forth the word of God in an uncompromising way. Dr. David Jeremiah said this, saving us is the greatest and most concrete demonstration of God's love. It is the infinite display of his grace throughout all time and eternity. Hallelujah to that. God does it. God does the saving. And that's the focus of this church. And now we come in for a landing. I love this next argument from heaven. Not just the Holy Spirit, but angels. Everybody likes to talk about angels. You know that? You can go to, they have angel conventions. You can get t-shirts with angels on them. They've got kites with angels. They've got poems. You can go to a Hallmark store and oh, they got the angel. And then, then there's the angels, you know, that are hanging over your grandma's toilet on the wall with the little bow and the arrow, with the little bubble bum, B-U-M-B, bum. You know the little cherubim the little, with the little chubby bodies and the little stubby wings? And they're going with the... You know those are not angels? You know what the Bible says about angels? They'll terrify you if you see an angel. Whenever an angel appears in the Bible, either A, they're disguised as a human, and you can't tell them from a human. That ought to freak you out. Are there any here this morning? The Bible says, watch out how you treat strangers because in so doing, you could be entertaining an angel. Yikes. But the Bible also records that when biblical personalities saw angels, they were so terrified that they became sick. Daniel was sick for many days when he saw an angel. The book of Revelation records them as awesome creatures. And there's orders of angels, there's ranks. Did you know that? There's, there's descriptions and many of them are different. There's seraphim recorded in the Bible. There's cherubim, cherubim. Read the book of Ezekiel, cherubim. They'll freak you out. They have eyes all around their head. They're recorded as having six wings, three sets of wings, six wings before the throne of God, Isaiah chapter six. And when they come into the presence of Almighty God, the Bible says that they clothe their body with two, with two wings, they hide their body in the presence of God. An angel has to hide and shield their body in the presence of God. And then it says with the other two wings, they cover their face. And with the two remaining wings, they fly in the midst of him. 
Normally, what? They must fly, I don't know, with six wings going. But when they come into the presence of God, they've got to shield themselves from God's glory. An angel. The Bible says that in the Old Testament, in one hour, in one night, one angel killed 185,000 Assyrian warriors in one night, one angel. How do they do that? One angel walked through Egypt on the night of the Passover and slew all the firstborn, not covered by the blood. One angel. Oh, and what does our Bible say here? Oh, sorry, angels, things which angels desire to look into. What is it? Salvation. I don't want to make this a theological, theological big deal, but the word implies that angels look into the salvation of humans that they do not have. It's something they don't own. Angels cannot be redeemed. Nowhere in the Bible does it say angels can be brought back from sin. Nowhere in the Bible. Only a human. Angels, by the way, listen carefully. Angels are not created in the image of God. Did you know that? There's only one creation out of everything that's created in the image of God, and that is a human being. That's why we fight for life. That's why we fight for faith. That's why we fight for freedom. That's why we fight for family. That's why, by the way, all life is precious in the sight of God. You may be here today and you completely disagree with everything I think, say, and do. Do you understand something? I'm a Christian. It's fine with me. God loves you. You say, oh, I'm an atheist and I hate God. Listen, that's impossible. You cannot be an atheist and hate God. Grow up. Either you're an atheist and you don't hate anybody or you're, there's something wrong with your logic and you say you don't believe in God, but you hate him. Every atheist I've ever met has got an ax to grind against the God that they claim doesn't exist. So what are they so upset about? I love you because God loves you, Mr. or Mrs. Atheist. If, if you're an agnostic, I love you too. You're a little bit harder to figure out. But I love you too, because God loves you. I, I may not like you, but God, God tells me I'm supposed to love you. It's okay if you don't agree with me and or the Bible. It's not important to me. But what is awesome is that angels desire to look into the salvation you possess. Reformer John Calvin said, since no man is excluded from calling upon God, the gate of salvation is open to all. There is nothing else that hinders us from entering but one's own, what is it? Unbelief. And the angels must look down from heaven and say, God, what's wrong with those people? The greatest expense Greatest expenditure in all of time and eternity was that the blood of God in human flesh, Jesus Christ, and men reject the salvation, love, the love of God, heaven above, and people reject it, and angels, angels must be in shock, right? Daniel chapter four, verse 13, I'm almost done. Uh, Daniel four thirteen. the Bible calls them watchers. That ought to freak you out, watchers. Where were you last night? I don't know, I don't care, but they were watching you. Oh, no, no, it was in the dark. They were, <laughs> they were in the dark. The Bible says, listen, Daniel chapter 4, 13, behold, a watcher, a holy one, came down from heaven, and he was in the back seat of the car with you last night. 
went with you on your date. Watchers, God's watchers are everywhere. Think of that. We're never alone. Daniel chapter four, verse 17. This decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence of the word of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men, says the Bible. The watchers are angels. Hebrews chapter one, verse 14. Are they, that's watchers, angels, not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? Listen, every little child, based on Hebrews chapter one and Matthew's gospel, Jesus said that before the throne of God, every child, an angel represents their face before the throne of God. Did you know that? You harm a child and Jesus said, it would be better for you to have never been born than in the day of judgment when I get my hands on you. Jesus said that. He said it's gonna be better. You're gonna be, he said you're gonna have a millstone that weighs 2,000 pounds tied around your neck and thrown into the bottom of the sea. That would be better than the day that I'm done with you, says Jesus, for molesting or harming a child. You, mess a, you, you touch a kid and the angel, the only way that you're not killed dead on the spot is that God is restraining the vengeance of an angel. God will judge in the end and his watchers will give a report. He's holy. And think of it. There's one verse in all of the Bible that to me explodes this reality. I've loved this verse all my Christian life. Many of you have grown tired of hearing about it. Every time I see it, I see it in a brighter color. It's 1 Timothy 3.16. Please write it down. If you're going to get a tattoo, get this one. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, without controversy. I love what Paul is saying to Timothy. Without debate, you can talk about it all you want. Not going to change my mind. This, is, this transcends everything. Great is the mystery of godliness. What is it, Paul? God was manifested in the flesh. You want to talk about the deity of Jesus Christ? That's it. We're done here. Do you hear me? We're done here. No, I think it was a great teacher. No, we're done here. Oh, I think it was a very great philosopher. Nope. He was the best prophet. Nope. God was revealed in human skin to the world. Yeshua, Jesus Joshua, justified in the spirit. Are you ready? Are you sitting down? Seen by who? See the word seen? Circle it. <laughs> seen by angels. When, listen, when was God manifested in the flesh? Nice and loud. Yes, in Jesus, but when? Okay, you're giving me great answers, and all of them in a different context would work, truly. When? 1 Timothy 3.16 is referring to a moment in which God was revealed to mankind in human flesh. Say it. Say it again. Birth. I mean this. Are you guys listening? Please, with all respect, listen. Great is the mystery of godliness. For God was manifested, revealed in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Seen by angels. The word in Greek means to be open. In fact, it's where we get the word opto or ophthalmologist or ophthalmology 
from. To have big, bright, clear vision. To see clearly, to see brightly. Angels saw for the first time, clear-eyed, brightly, something they had never seen before. Coming out of Mary, a human, was God veiled in human skin. Coming into this world. And the angels, I mean this with all due respect, this verse argues that in the spirit realm, while Mary's giving birth, angels gathered about that stable in Bethlehem to fulfill the word seen by angels. The word means wide-eyed, open. We use the word to gawk. You know what to gawk at something means? It means to be wide-eyed and open-mouthed, to be shocked. I like the word technicolor. It's a made-up word, but it fits. Angels looked on in technicolor at what? At the fact that the very one coming out of Mary, according to the Bible, Old and New Testament, was none other than their creator, the Son of God. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1 and in Hebrews chapter 1 that God, the Christ Jesus, is the creator of angels. Did you know that? Did you know that they huddled around? And I mean this, I mean this with reverence. They huddled around and they watched... Can you imagine among angel talk, they're looking and Mary is breathing and Joseph is loving and Mary starts to crown, the baby's crowning and the angels are looking and they see black curly hair maybe. They see maybe a hand that comes out. <laughs> And an angel looks on and they see for the first time their creator veiled in human skin. Fulfilling the psalm, I believe it's Psalm 8. I'm having memory loss today. I think it's Psalm 8 where it says that he made him a little lower than the angels and did crown him with glory and honor. Becoming a human. He made a, the fulfillment of that is that he became a little lower than the... How does God who made angels become lower than the angels themselves? Only one way. Only by becoming human. And he came out into the world and the angels gawked wide-eyed and open with jaw wide open angels. I would submit to you this morning, it's pretty hard to impress an angel. This impressed them. Do you know this salvation? I hope you do. You have absolutely not one good argument as to why you would resist him. You only have the scourge and the scars of personal experience maybe that you superimposed upon the love of God and it's shielding, it's blinding you from seeing him. Instead, you're seeing this person that ripped you off or that person that molested you or that person that robbed you or this person that said they were Christian but they did that to you and all that stuff is not God. Will you look upon him like the angels gawk in amazement? Things angels desire to look into. If angels could only have the salvation that's available to you this morning, they would seize it. Father, we thank you for your word and for your truth. Almighty God, the power of you to save to redeem, almighty God, to forgive. Lord of glory, the great I am.
the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace, the Alpha and the Omega, the way, the door, the living water, our Savior, our Redeemer. Holy Spirit, descend upon all those who are hearing this message now that they would receive the extended hand of the one who came from Mary's womb, ordained of God, the eternal son, who went to the cross, who willingly with joy in his heart allowed himself to be condemned by my sin, the sins of all of us, who would take upon him the rejection and the scourge and the mocking and the ridicule of the cross, knowing that Sunday morning was coming, that resurrection was near at hand to die in my place, to be that great substitute. My dear friend, wherever you may be right now, if you're here in this sanctuary or beyond, watching or listening, pull over, stop what you're doing, get on your knees. Atheist, agnostic, stop. Get on your knees and ask him, oh God, if you're real, if this is all true what I'm hearing, show yourself to me, oh God. He will show himself to you. Christian, always, forever, get on your knees, right? Be on your knees. Though you may be walking or running around this world, be on your knees, always in your heart. Praising him, glorifying him. He alone is our salvation. The greatest, greatest prophecy message you could ever hear is that for God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that if you would believe in him, you would not perish but have everlasting life. And all God's people said, Amen. Pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs. Here on Real Radio, in a message called The Greatest Teaching on Bible Prophecy Ever, Part 3. Thank you for joining us today. And you know, our prayer for you is that you consider God's genuine love and His desire to save you. The Greatest Teaching on Bible Prophecy Ever, Part 3, is part of Pastor Jack's series called Anchored, a study in 1 Peter, a series that takes us through the life and times of the Apostle Peter, whose love for Jesus Christ carried him through great persecution and whose compassion for others still inspires us today. And we'll continue on the next edition of Real Radio. And if you've made a decision to follow Christ or you've got questions about what salvation means, we encourage you to visit our website, reallifewithjackhibbs.org. Once you're at the homepage, look for the tab called Know God. That's K-N-O-W, God. Once you're there, you'll find guidance and a more clear understanding of the decision you made to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And please, let us know about your decision to follow Jesus by emailing us at reallifewithjackhibbs.org. We're here to help you grow spiritually, and the love that Jesus is offering to you is free, no matter who or where you are or what you might have done. Once again, our website is reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. You know, Peter's letters to the churches are an incredible source of inspiration. And you know, with what's going on in the world around us, we need all the inspiration we can get. And that's why Pastor Jack offers such a wealth of information on his website. Through reallifewithjackhibbs.org, you'll find resources for just about everything and anything you're going through. 
There's Pastor Jack's devotions, sermons, updates, previous Real Radio broadcasts, and even step-by-step guidance on how to know God personally through salvation. There's also access to his YouTube channel and Facebook. It's all right there at the website, reallifewithjackhibbs.org. And don't forget to download the Real Life app for quick and easy access on your smartphone or tablet. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. This program is made possible by the generous contributions of you, our listeners. Visit us at reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. I'm David J. Until next time, Pastor Jack Hibbs and all of us here at Real Radio wish for you solid and steady growth in Christ and in His Word. We'll see you next time here on Real Radio.